Hey, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, I do ask you now to speak to our hearts. God, we are people that are weak and very easily distracted. Lord, our eyes run many places. Center us now on you. You are our Lord. You are the prince. You are the king. And Lord, you are the shepherd. We look to you now. Speak to us through Justin. Give us, give us his words, your words, that is, through his. Prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. There's no problem there. There we go. Can you hear me now? From, from back here, you, you really can't hear it because you're behind the speakers. A um, couple things first. So starting next week, um, since I'm a youth guy, if I have a time to come up here and talk about the youth group, I'm going to. Um, so starting next week, September 9th, the high school boys are moving to our house, um, or high school boys. The high school focus group, I should say, is moving to our house. Um, and this is going to be a time for them to be able to come, hang out, we'll do some breakfast, and then break into um, a Bible study with them. And then also starting next week is the youth group time from 6.30 to 8 is moving to our house as well. Um, the, a few things. God has allowed us to move into this Hammond Mills neighborhood um, and be right around, <laughs> and be right around um, the school. And I just imagine if our students are outside playing games and hanging out, and there are several students that live on, on, on our street, and they see that. Just an awesome opportunity we have that God has blessed us with to be able to reach um, Spring Mills area, uh, schools. So I'm, I'm super excited. I love having kids in, um, in our house. I love hanging out with them. So uh, next week, September 9th. So tonight we are starting or finishing a series called Dust to Glory. This has been a summer series, and we've been going through the Old Testament. Um, I love the Old Testament. I, I'm a history guy. My first major in college was actually history. Um, so I love history. I love um, just going through and seeing God speaking through the Old Testament. Um, so this is the last week for that. Starting next week, we are starting a series in Matthew, um, and I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that, seeing the, the lens um, of Christ's life through the eyes of Matthew, and seeing how Matthew describes um, the life of Christ. So let's dive into um, what God is, is going to show us today. So there was a time in my life, when I was younger, how many of you guys know what a portable CD player is? How many of you guys remember these things? Um, before MP3 players, before iPods and um, iPhones, these things were popular. And the problem with these is that they would oftentimes scratch your CDs. If you, if you try to run with them, if you try to do anything with them, you had to hold them flat like this. Because if you, if you moved it or anything, it would skip on you. It would uh, scratch your CDs. I have more scratch CDs from one of these things than um, anything else. Um, so running, I played basketball in high school. So running with one of these things, it was too big to fit in your pocket, right? Like there was no way to fit it, fit it inside your pocket. So you, you would have to run with it like this. Imagine running around like this. Now I wanted one of these things really bad. 
I, I, I love music. I work out to music. I, I love music. I love the, the testimony that is in music. We just got done singing a, a song about bow, bow down before him. I mean, what better, what better thing to have in our mind than to bow down before Christ? What better position to be in? But I wanted these for Christmas. I, I think I was in like junior high, maybe even a little younger. Um, but I wanted one of these things really bad. And... Woke up Christmas morning, like most boys do, and they're, they're excited, they're, they're ready to open presents. Every Christmas morning, my mom would make homemade cinnamon rolls, so we'd eat those real quick and then go straight to presents. I opened up all my gifts, and I did not receive one of these. And I was really disappointed. I was really bummed because I wanted to run around like this. I was really disappointed, but... I didn't get one. We come to a a passage in Ezekiel where we read of how sin in the lives of Israel, of the nation, brought God to disappointment. Even more so, it, it, it broke his heart. See, when we sin against God, it breaks his heart. I love the book of Ezekiel. When I got saved, I, I got saved July 5th, 2006 at Lake Ann Camp. Um, Lake Ann Camp's a camp up north in Michigan. Um, I went there when, uh, between my sophomore and junior year, and I was reading Ezekiel during that time. Of all books, I was, I was in Ezekiel. And I came across a section in Ezekiel um, Ezekiel 33, um, I lost my place. Ezekiel 33, where God is talking to Ezekiel. God is talking to Ezekiel, and he says that if the nation of Israel would turn away from their iniquities and their sin, I would forgive them. I, I would forgive them and turn... Um, and make, make them right. Their sins would never be remembered. And as I read that, that was me. I grew up in the church. I grew up hearing the Bible stories. But I was so lost in sin. So when I read that, it, it was like blinders falling off my eyes. And just, just weeping over that passage because of... Um, I knew that if I only turned away from my sin and called out to Christ, Christ would forgive me and everything that I had done would be no more. You see, Ezekiel 33 is right after the fall of Jerusalem. Ezekiel, the the book of Ezekiel has so much truth in it and so much good stuff. Uh, We see where um, God tells Ezekiel, if you lay on your side for... 300 some odd days on your right side, that is to display the sins of um, Israel. And then if you turn over and lay on your other side for 60 some days, that represents the sin of, um, of, of Judah. So, and that's, and, and you read that early on in Ezekiel. We also read in Ezekiel 3 that God mutes Ezekiel. It's almost like God puts a, a tie on Ezekiel's vocal cord, so he, um, he, is, he, he isn't able to speak. And we read that in Ezekiel 33 that God removes that. 
And it's like God is saying, okay, Jerusalem has fallen. Jerusalem has fallen and it is time for you to prophesy to these people. It is time for you to share what I'm going to do. So we come to Ezekiel 34, verse 1. And, the, and this is what the word of God says. The word, the word of the Lord came to me. This is um, God speaking to Ezekiel. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, our shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the weak you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because, they, because there was no shepherd and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey, my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts since there was no shepherd. And because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds. I am against the shepherds. And I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths and they may not be food for them. Whoa, <laughs> that's a mouthful. That, that, that is a lot to take in. We could spend weeks on this, on this section alone. But who is, who is God talking to? Is God talking to actual shepherds? who guard actual sheep. Is that who God is talking to? No, God is talking to the leaders of Israel, the religious leaders, the kings, um, those that were supposed to protect the nation of Israel. Is who God is, is, is disappointed with. So the first thing I see is that God wants the world to be fed. According to this section, I see that God has a desire for his people to be fed, for the world to be fed. So we need to proclaim his truth. We need to proclaim the truth of God. Let's, let's dissect this first part a little bit. So what, what, what were the shepherds exactly doing? What were these leaders doing? Or better, what were they not doing? First, they fed themselves rather than people. These leaders fed themselves. They were selfish. They were more interested in providing for themselves than for the people whom God had placed in their care. In other words, they exploited their followers. Their followers they exploited and they sought them out so that they could take from them. A review of the history of the northern kingdom of Israel's rulers reveal a constant string of corrupt leaders. 
And Ezekiel pointed out earlier that Judah was worse than her sister Israel. And we read that in Ezekiel 23. Specifically, these unfaithful shepherds ate the best part of the sacrifices than, rather than offering them to God. So back in the Old Testament, we read that the um, people were to offer sacrifices to God for their sin. But instead of doing that, these leaders would take the sacrifice and they would eat them for them and they would eat the sacrifice. They used wool of the sheep. They, they used wool of sheep to make clothing for themselves rather than offering these animals as sacrifices to God. Secondly, what we see here, rather than feeding God's sheep, they slaughtered them. In other words, they were oppressive. They were oppressive to the nation. They had not restored those that needed restoring nor sought those that had wandered away and needed finding. They had dominated God's flock rather than providing loving, self-sacrificial leadership. The primary responsibility of a leader is to care for the needs for those he leads, even if this means sacrificing his own desires. That's what a leader is supposed to do. And we read that these leaders weren't doing so. Third, The rulers allowed the people to scatter over the earth instead of keeping them safely together. The Israelites scattered because they lacked leadership. There was no leadership in the nation of Israel. So the people of Israel scattered. They wandered everywhere, but there was no one to seek them out. So, what happened here? God is punishing Israel. God is dealing with the nation of Israel. Flip back to Leviticus 26. Flip back to Leviticus 26, verse 33. This is what... Moses writes. So um, Moses wrote Leviticus and he writes, and this is from God, I being God, I will scatter you among the nations and I will unsheath the sword after you and your land shall be a desolation and your city shall be a waste. What's going on here in Ezekiel 33 and 34? God had just allowed Jerusalem to be destroyed. Jerusalem was the capital of of Israel. And when it separated, it became the capital of Judah. So what happened? Israel had sinned. Jump back to um, verses 27 and 28 in the same chapter. When I break your supply of... Oh, yes. When I break your supply of bread, ten women... I'm sorry, 27 and 28. But in spite, but if in spite of this you will not listen to me, but walk contrary to me, then I will walk contrary to you. In fury, I myself will discipline you sevenfold for your sins. And I will destroy your high places and cut down your incense altars. So 
We see in Ezekiel 33 and 34 that God is dealing with the sin of the nation of Israel. Listen, listen to this, or don't, don't miss this. That if you believe that you have sin, that you are hiding. If you think that there is a thing called as undwelt sin. In other words, if you are sinning and you think you are getting away with it, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, that sin will be dealt with. God will deal with that sin. Because we see it here in, in um, God said that if you follow me and keep my decrees, I will be with you. But if you turn away from me and you do what you want, I'm going to punish you. I'm going to take that land away from you. And Ezekiel is living in captivity. We see that here in Ezekiel. Ezekiel is living in Babylon away from the land of Israel. So I see, again, that the first part is that we need to share the truth of God. We live in a world where um, it is dark. It is hopeless. But we have the answer. We have Christ. So the next section in Ezekiel 34 is that I see God's spiritual health defined. So God goes through everything that the leadership did or didn't do in the first part of Ezekiel 34. So the next part is that God defines what healthy spiritual lives should, li- should look like. So in verses 11 through 16, um, this is a long section. So we're just going to pull some verses out of here. For thus says the Lord God, verse 11, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep. Does that sound familiar? For I myself will search for my sheep. We just read a passage in John 10 of Jesus being the good shepherd. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on. God intervenes to reverse step by step the process described. He successfully undoes the damage inflicted by the failed shepherds. What the shepherds did, God reverses for his glory. God intervenes. God promises the nation that they will live in security. On the announcement of God himself as shepherd... In John 10, 9, Jesus speaks of the sheep finding pasture. This is just assuring God's provision. God provides for his sheep. Jump down to verse 23 and 24. I'm sorry, uh, 22. I will rescue my flock. I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be a prey, and I will judge between sheep and sheep. 
I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord, I have spoken. Is this talking about King David? Is this talking about King David, who lived and died 400 years before this was written? This is talking about Christ. This is talking about Jesus Christ. I will set up my shepherd, David. I will set up my servant, David. This is talking about Christ. Ezekiel's announcement of a Davidic shepherd is similar to Jeremiah's in Jeremiah 23, um, 5 through 6. The covenant formula here in verse 24 affirms the relationship of God and his people. God affirms up his relationship between himself and his people. And this is key right here. God is so very concerned about our hearts. These people sought out their own good from among the rest of the flock. These people sought out their own good. There are leaders in churches today that, that, that still do this. There are leaders who seek out their own good from the flock. In churches here in America. You see, sin is at play today. Sin is at play today. Satan knows that he can't have us. If we are in Christ, Satan knows he can't have us. So what does he do? He uses the church. He worms himself into the church and he tries to bring the church down. And he, do, and, and, and he does this. We here at Centerpoint, we here at Centerpoint need to live in a way that does not bring accusation against the church. And that goes for the leaders, for, um, the, to, to every single one of us. We need accountability of each other in our lives. God is more concerned about our hearts. A good example of this would be the Pharisees in the New Testament. They lived a life so devoted to God. The Pharisees lived a life so devoted to God, but yet they missed it. They missed what Christ was doing. Where is your heart this morning? Where, where is your heart this morning? Are you living for his glory? Are you actively pursuing God's glory for your life? The third thing I see is what is God doing in your life? What is God doing in your life? 
Verses, um, verse 25. I will make them a covenant of peace and banish wild beasts from their land so that they may dwell securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. And I will make them in the places all around my hill a blessing, and I will send down the showers in their season. They shall be, they, and they shall be um, showers of blessing. And the trees of the field shall yield their fruit, and the earth shall yield its increase, and they shall be secure in their land. Again, God is going to bring the nation of Israel back. God is going to bring the nation of Israel back. And we are grafted into that. We are grafted into that blessing. They shall, verse 28, they shall no more be a prey to the nations, nor shall the beasts of the land devour them. They shall dwell securely and none shall make them afraid. And I will provide for them renowned plantations so that they shall no more be consumed with hunger in the land and no longer suffer the reproach of the nations. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God with them and that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord. And you are my sheep, human sheep of my pasture. And I am your God, declares the Lord. God is not finished with the nation of Israel. God is not finished with them. We get to share in this blessing. This is talking about when God makes a new Jerusalem. Think of this. Ezekiel had just heard that his homeland, his his capital city had fallen. God had just revealed that to him. And very, in, in the very next chapter, God says, I am going to recreate what you lost. God is going to recreate that. And guess what? It's going to be better than what they lost. It's going to be better. Everything that had happened was a result of sin. Everything that had happened was a result of sin in the nation of Israel. But God says, I am going to renew you. I am going to renew the nation. And it's going to be through my servant David, a.k.a. Jesus Christ, is who it's going to be through. So what is God doing in your life? Because we're not here yet. We're, we're, not, we're, we're not here yet. We're, we're still... Um, at this point of where um, after the New Testament and Jesus arises to, um, to heaven and he gives a great commission, we are still there. We are, we are in that. The great commission is for us. And I love of how I will, I will, I will, Everything that God is going to do is out of our hands. What God is going to do is out of our hands. And all we have to do is trust him in that. Ezekiel lived among the Jewish exiles in Babylon. And he proclaimed God's message to them. 
He warned the, he warned the captives not to believe in the false prophets who denied God's coming judgment of Jerusalem and called them re- to repent and turn back to the Lord. His prophecies of judgment to the Gentile nation served as a message of hope for the Jewish people, reminding them of God's faithfulness to avenge his people. His message of the millennial kingdom here at the end of Ezekiel 34 was a beacon of hope for the captives awaiting for the King Messiah. We see here that God is going to bring everything back into completion. The Jewish people use a a word called shalom. And it means complete. It means complete or to be whole. But the Jewish nation is still waiting for their Messiah. They're, They're still waiting. In fact, if you ever talk to a Messianic Jew... They, they will often say, how did we miss it? How did we miss Jesus Christ? Because they are part of this nation of Israel. And they ask themselves, how do we miss this? How do we miss this shalom? To be whole, to be completed. We... Centerpoint Bible Church have been commissioned to share the great news of our Savior. That's what Matthew, the, the end of Matthew 28 is. The last words to Jesus' followers by Jesus himself as he um, is, just before he ascends back into heaven is to go to all the world. To go to all the world. Guess what? Spring Mills, Martinsburg, Berkeley County is part of the world. We have been commissioned to go there. We have been commissioned to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Turn to Matthew 9. I love Matthew 9. Turn to Matthew 9. And this is what uh, Matthew 35 through 38. Matthew 9, 35 through 38. And again, this is through the eyes of Matthew. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. In Jesus' day, there was about 240 cities and villages in Galilee. And the Bible says here in Matthew that Jesus went to every single one of them. Jesus went to every 240 cities and villages, to their synagogues, to do what? To proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. He went there to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. Verse 36, when he saw the crowds, when he saw the crowds, This tells me that Jesus had a following. People followed Christ. People followed after him. He had compassion for them. These people, he had compassion for them. Why? 
because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I can't help but think that his mind is going back to Ezekiel 34. I can't help but think that when Jesus does this, when Jesus has compassion for them because they were um, like a sheep without a shepherd, that his mind is going back to what God told Ezekiel about the shepherds in Israel. Verse 37, Then he, being Jesus, said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Are you a laborer for Jesus Christ? Are you a laborer for him? Are you going out beyond these walls and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with those that don't know him? Verse 38, Therefore, pray earnestly, to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We are the laborers. That's us. We are. We have been commissioned to be the laborers. Jesus had compassion on the people. Jesus wants to infuse that same kind of passion into all of us this morning. Jesus wants to infuse that same kind of compassion and passion he had for the lost. William Barclay, a Scottish professor and theologian, said it is the dream of Christ that every man should be a missionary and a reaper. There are those who cannot do other than pray, for life has laid them helpless. But they are still a great resource through their prayers. However, most of us are not in this way and should be out on the battlefield doing the mission that Christ has for us. We are called to be on the battlefield, sharing the gospel with those that don't know him. Jesus spoke in terms his audience can understand. Jesus is speaking as if the harvest is a ripe crop. And Jesus equates the crowds with, that, with, with the crop. And it follows that Jesus deserves all the glory. Jesus receives all the glory. God is so concerned about our hearts and the hearts of the people that don't know him that he created the church to reach the lost. You see, I didn't get that CD player. That CD player, I didn't get. And I was so bummed about it. I was so disappointed about it. But six months later on my birthday, my parents got me an MP3 player, which is so much better. 
An MP3 player is so much better. Now I had to put my CDs into a laptop and download all the music. I remember, how many of you guys remember having to do that? Having to download all the music and putting it onto your MP3 player. But guess what? My songs no longer skipped. My CDs never got scratched. Just like my parents knew best, just like my parents knew what I actually wanted, God knows what we need. God knows what we need. And I pray that if you don't know who he is today, that you would talk to someone before you leave. If you don't know who, who Christ is, if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, talk to myself, talk to Pastor Lowell, talk to Pastor Billy, or to any of the other pastors here. Pull us aside and say, hey, I want to know more about this Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for just being able to open up your word and, and see you through it. Lord, I pray that we go. Father, I pray that we go into the harvest and be your laborers, Lord, whether it is at school or at our workplace, to our neighbors. And Lord, you positioned um, center point in, a, in an area that needs you. So Lord, I pray that we go. I pray these things in your son's perfect holy name. Amen.